many of us in this world find ourselves searching for ways to feel more alive. We move through our lives day after day, living through the same repetitive cycles and the same stressful patterns that often leave us feeling defeated, underappreciated, or unfulfilled. But what if there were a different way to perceive life? What if out there we were able to find the keys to a happy, healthy, and fulfilling reality in the lives that we're living right here, right now? For those of us who are looking for a way to transform our lives, for those of us who are looking to fully live in this moment, to change how we feel, how we perceive the world, and awaken to a better reality so we can fully live this life. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question, are you living or are you killing time? Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome to another episode. Forgive my hoarseness on how I sound. I've put off recording this episode for a few days. I'm still recovering from the holiday weekend. Um, Maybe a little bit too much excitement, putting my voice out there a little bit too much. Had an exciting Saturday night watching uh, my couple of all-time favorite boxers that I ever had as a kid, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Get in there as a couple older guys for an exhibition for charity, and it was just a really awesome thing to see. And apparently I was uh, yelling a little bit too loud and and uh, had no voice come Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and it's finally coming back to me now. But um, yeah, it was exciting. It was nice to see what they're doing uh, as far as their age and still being able to do the things that they do. Uh, I know Mike Tyson's had his controversy, but I'm really inspired by the way that he is completely transformed his life from all the, the drama and the drugs and all the horrible things that he had going on in his life to what he's doing now. Uh, it's amazing stuff. He's got really amazing spiritual perspectives, um, you know, despite, you know, trying to get a, get past the shell of who he is and the stuff that he's done in his life and really listen to some of the stuff that he has to say now and doing what he's doing, making millions of dollars with what he has for talent and what he can bring to the world and to, uh, to charities. I think it's an amazing thing. Um, so I hope you had a great holiday weekend. I know I did. And obviously, um, my voice is an indicator of that, but uh, it was great. And today I'm excited to get back on the microphone and talk about this episode. Um, this one, we're going to dive into the the 12 universal laws or the 12 immutable laws. And this is one I've been wanting to do for a while. It's taken a long time to kind of pull all of the data, filter out some of the stuff that's out there with this, um, because it goes down a lot of different avenues to, to try and get down to the genuine 12. Um, the 12 universal laws. And you'll see that a lot of these things correlate to the um, seven hermetic principles. Dove down that hole just recently and a lot of other similar concepts and philosophies on the show over the last year. Um, And this one really is one that I feel like I should have done maybe earlier back to lay the groundwork for some of the stuff I've talked about in in future episodes. Um, But, you know, it didn't work out that way. So here we are talking about it now. Um, I'm sure if you're into this show and you're into this kind of material, you've heard about these 12 laws, um, or at least most of them. But you know, if you haven't, I'm going to try and do some of the heavy lifting for you on this subject, break it down in the best way that I possibly can. Um, this stuff definitely goes beyond just whimsical philosophy. And the universal laws, really, it's, it's, it's sometimes called immutable laws because they they are consistent. They cannot be changed. They cannot be, uh, you know, sometimes they happen, sometimes they don't. I mean, these things are, are constants in the universe. But I feel like understanding these universal laws, which 
again, are very similar to the hermetic laws or the hermetic principles. Um, they're similar in type, uh, they're similar in context, but you know, the ones, the hermetic laws were written thousands of years ago. And these new, these new 12 universal laws, um, newer, I guess, not new, but newer, um, they are a little bit more of a modern interpretation of those seven hermetic principles, kind of coupled with some of the, the things that we've learned since those original seven were written. And, you know, I'm sure that there's, there's so much more to be learned on just these 12. I'm sure at some point we're going to discover even more and we'll advance so much more. I mean, our, our rate of attrition on how much we are doubling down on our advancement in evolution in recent years. Um, I'm sure at some point in the near future, we're going to discover there's even more to add to these and we'll call them something uh, different. And um, we'll be able to add to even more of these things and there'll be a whole different new way of, of doing these teachings. Um, but I'm very excited to talk about these episodes, uh, this, this, these laws on this episode. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about these. And, you know, after covering these, um, I'll be bringing on some people who really know a lot more about these and how to apply these to life and how to really master them into your life. Like I said before, uh, you don't have to know these laws for them to affect your life. You don't need to know how gravity works or that there even is a law of gravity for it to work on you. It's going to work on you regardless of if you know how it works or not. That's even crazy to mention because I recently saw a study where the quantum physics experiments that they're doing is really destroying about what we even knew about gravity. So I always use that as an example when I talk to people. Um, but we're even we're even learning more about those uh, the concepts of gravity and what we thought was sort of how like a big heavy object would weigh down on the quote unquote fabric of space time, and that model's no longer applicable. That gravity's working more like waves. They're actually measuring it in a different kind of a form, which was it was always weird to me the way that they did the the representation of gravity. They kind of put like a three-dimensional object like a sun or a star or um, you know, a planet on a two-dimensional like fabric. And the indentation that that object would make would sort of be the, the depth of the pull of gravity. Like space-time was a two-dimensional fabric. It never really made sense to me. So that model is actually getting sort of redone now because they are um, they're discovering that it's, it's something completely different than what we originally thought. I mean, it's coming, coming to find out that we really still have no idea of exactly what creates the force of gravity. We thought it was mass, um, but some of those things are, are really starting to break down in some of the new experiments, so it's kind of cool. But these laws are really the same way. You don't need to know of them or about them for them to affect you and affect your life. They've been doing it all of your life. And just like Isaac Newton had happened to him before he came up with the observations of gravity. Stuff always went up before it came down. But once he realized it and gave it a name, you know, law of gravity, made it a quote unquote law, um, it still happened. And he obviously observed it a bit more and was able to study it in more in depth. And therefore, his studies led to the applications that we sort of took from there and was able to manipulate gravity through things like flight and rocket propulsion. But we had to understand that there's even that concept in the first place. So he laid the framework. And just like some of these, these hermetic principles laid the framework for the 12 universal laws. And now that we know them, we can work more with them, or at least after this episode, if you haven't learned about them before, you'll learn a little bit more about them now. But just like the force of gravity, 
ultimately you'll be able to manipulate them to work in your favor. And like we did with aerodynamics and understanding the rules of gravity, you'll be able to manipulate these laws so they can benefit you and work for you. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention to stop into iTunes. It is the ultimate place in the universe for all things podcasting. And most of our listener base comes from that platform. So please leave us a rating and review there. Um, if you enjoy the show or it has brought some sort of enjoyment to your life, anything if it's added to your life, um, or even if you want to suggest a, an episode in your review, um, if you want to do that, you can actually entice someone to listen. You know, if you did something like, uh, I'd like to see an episode on the different states of the brain and how brain waves changed, um, you know, based on certain things. Little concepts like that may entice somebody to say, yeah, wow, this podcast sounds cool. And I'd like to see that episode. I wonder if they're going to do that based on that review. So, um, But if you leave us a review, no matter where you're leaving it at, we'll be sure to check it out um, and I'll read it on the air. I'm trying to make the rounds on all the different platforms uh, that this show is featured on. I think we're up to like 10 different platforms. And it's really difficult because there is no notification of when someone leaves a comment. You just have to kind of stumble across it. So um, I got to do a little detective work and make it on the different platforms. But right now we're featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and of course, our first ever sponsor of the show, Anchor at .fm. So get out there, leave a review on wherever you're listening. Be greatly appreciated. So let's dive in to the 12 universal laws. So in these laws, which have originated throughout many different cultures, you'll notice that there are some parallels to these compared to the seven hermetic principles. And that was episode 43. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, it wasn't that long ago. But the hermetic principles came from ancient, ancient Egypt and ancient Greece, where the god Thoth in, in uh, Egypt um, was said to have eventually moved on from that culture onto Greece. They said he lived for hundreds, if not thousands of years. When he went to Greece, he was known as Hermes Trismegistus, which that last main name means three times great or three times born. And he taught these principles to his followers, Hermes Hermetic principles. So those laws became very well known and they were adopted into many different cultures over the ages and it made it into many different texts. One of which included the spiritual practice of, and I hope I don't butcher the way you say this, Ho'oponopono, which originated in the Polynesian islands in the South Pacific, including the Hawaiian islands. And it focuses on forgiveness and gratitude and universal love as a way of healing yourself and therefore eventually healing others. Because ultimately we have a connection to everyone and everything, which is a scientific fact that merges with so many spiritual philosophies. And that's the coolest part about all this, right? It's all these concepts that have been around for so long, and we discuss, we discuss them at great length. Um, they've been discussed in so many different circles. They've, they've made it into so many different texts. We, we talk about them in a mystical, spiritual, belief system kind of way. But then when these things get solidified by science and laws like the ones we talk about get re-solidified over and over again, it really should convince even the biggest skeptics. It did for me. And hopefully it does it for other people as well. That's kind of the goal of the podcast is to bring these concepts in a much more palatable way, but also introduce these things to people who may not immediately understand it. And that's kind of how I gear the podcast 
is to break it down for the, even the seasoned people, but so that those people can try to give it to others and maybe wake them up to some of these concepts. And I try to explain it like it's the first time that someone's ever been hearing some of these things. So that's why I'll be breaking down these 12 laws. So the first one that we're going to cover talks about just that, about a connection to everything and everyone. So the first law is the law of divine oneness. This is the premise that we are all connected through a process of creation of everything in the universe. Everything at a certain point was compressed into an infinitely small point when everything began, whether you want to call it the Big Bang uh, or, or whatever it was. The universe evolved from there, from that starting point. And simultaneously, everything was connected in a natural order at that point and just evolved from there. And the purpose of life really is to just continue to evolve. The universe is forever unfolding and changing. They say that we are manifestations of the universal consciousness, God, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it. We are the manifestation of that in physical form trying to understand itself that how would a huge massive consciousness that has to be out there to create the perfect order of all of the things on this planet of the galaxy of the entire cosmos how would that consciousness actually go about experiencing itself how would it learn about anything anything about itself if it didn't have some sort of extensions or senses out there getting a feel for the world that it had created just like your skin senses temperatures, your tongue senses taste, your eyes can see color, the consciousness of the universe is said to experience its creation through us. And science has proven that quantum entanglement exists. Remember that, that thing that Einstein couldn't even explain in his time. He called that quantum entanglement spooky action at a distance. And if you haven't heard about this in, in any other um, in any other circles or realms, you haven't heard about this on the podcast yet. Quantum entanglement is where particles that were entangled together, um, let's say two photons or say a single photon is split and uh, they're separated by millions of miles. They will instantaneously react. If you do something to one of them, the other one will have the same result. If you vibrate one. The other one that's millions and millions of miles away will start to vibrate at the same exact time. That's because they are quantumly entangled. And that communication between the two of them violates the speed of light, which violates the rules that Einstein set in general relativity. So that's why he couldn't understand it. He just called it spooky action at a distance. That's proof positive right there in a scientific way that we are ultimately connected to everything. We were all compressed into the same small infinitesimal point at one point, and we all just expanded from there. So every single atom, every single particle of your being was attached at some point to every other thing around you and every other person around you. And the law of divine oneness states that we are all just small compartments of energy that make up everything. The greatest illusion in most of our lives is the illusion of self or the illusion of separation. We are so rooted in ego. Our ego just wants to take control of everything going on in this body. And it compartmentalizes us away from everything that we are connected to. And we have to spend almost an entire lifetime trying to separate ourselves from what that ego constantly wants to do. And especially for someone like me, you got to consider that I started on a bit more of the spiritual journey around like age 37, 38-ish, I have 37 years worth of 
egoic patterns that I have to try to undo. And as dedicated as I can be, those things still poke their head through. It takes a long time to overcome some of those those patterns. But once you start to move down a path where you're letting go of that ego, it's less important. And you're moving yourself farther away from that egoic standpoint where you were so far divided from everything. And you can move into a more connected state where you get back to where this philosophy talks about this law of divine oneness that's sort of the goal that's sort of the end game of what i feel like we were positioned to come here in this life for and really that division is so evident in 2020 isn't it i mean the division in politics and our beliefs of so many people out there um you know the, the, the physical distance that's forced between us all with this isolation we've just been in decades separated from everything around us and we need to shed that and once we live in a more heart-centered way of life and ditch that ego once we have a little bit more empathy for others and what they go through we will connect on a grander scale mahatma gandhi said one of the greatest quotes ever if you want to find yourself lose yourself in the service of others and this this quote that he said this refers to the connection between us all and how what affects just one person affects us all. It affects the entire collective. The universe in its entirety is a massive living entity. We just don't see it because of the space between everything. I mean, the amount of space between just the earth and the moon can literally fit every single planet in the solar system side by side with room to spare, actually. That's how far away the moon is from the earth. But if you look at it, it looks like it's right on top of us. Sometimes it looks like it, when it's especially rising or setting, it looks like it's right there. But it is so far away from us. Yet, the gravitational energy from the moon can grab a hold of the entire mass of our oceans and pull it and make a huge bulge to create the tides. The space between all of the huge things out there is incomprehensible. I mean, even when you go down to the small scale... The atoms that make up your body are just simply space. They're 99.999% space. If you made an atom, uh, if you made the nucleus of an atom the size of a pea, and you placed it at the center of a football field, the nearest electron would be in the upper bleacher seats. That's amazing when you think about this, just this huge distance of the particles inside of a single atom. The organism that makes up the macro universe the macro being the large. It's so grand and so big that we can't see its overall picture. But it creates and receives and gives energy to literally everything in reality. And really, because we're a part of it all, the energy that we put out there into the world is so important. You know, we're all trying to bring the most amount of happiness to us and, and give to us or ourselves the things that we want. And the laws around this are all coming up on this list, the laws that affect that. Everything we do has a ripple effect because literally everything is this law of divine oneness. One of the awesomest quotes that uh, I've heard related to this one as well is, learn how to see and realize everything connects to everything else. And that was Leonardo da Vinci. The second law, and this is another familiar one, the law of vibration. We covered this one as well in the Hermetic Laws. That everything moves, nothing rests, everything vibrates. And the experiments at the Large Hadron Collider have determined that this one was so true, which was fascinating to me. I discussed this on that, uh, the previous episode. Because all of these concepts have been around for thousands of years, yet we are just starting to understand them now, and they are becoming mainstream. Einstein understood this as well. He said that everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. 
match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but to get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. And this is coming from a man who didn't fully understand all that we know now. That's why every word, every emotion, especially the feelings and thoughts that you have are so important and they're so important to govern them because they all have a unique frequency and signature to them. Being aware of your feelings is so important and raising your thoughts and raising yourself up on a constant basis brings things to you through one of the other laws that's going to be coming up in a minute. This is why negative thoughts and and negative feedback loops are so detrimental because they just bring more. You get yourself into that pattern. Self-doubt and similar thoughts and feelings like that, they will all materialize more of those things. The feelings of health, wealth, and prosperity, and I mean it like a deep feeling, not just writing it on the board or trying to convince yourself of it, but I'm talking something so deep that it just resonates to your core. That's what this law refers to. And when you match that, the universe is going to get out of your way and match those things to you. I've seen it happen, good and bad. And I've seen it in other people's life and as well as my own life. I've seen it so many times over the last few years. And really, if you govern these things, you manage to bring the people and the circumstances and all the things that you want into your life. I know a guy that um, is probably one of, I'd say someone who I wouldn't ever think would believe in this stuff. And I know he's been listening to the show um, and I think he's adopted some of these principles. I think he's listened and I know he's known some of this stuff, but I think, you know, he looks at it in a very, you know, hippie, spiritual, woo-woo kind of way. But I think being able to break it down in in a way and, and putting it in front of him um, made him believe in something, and I, I know he's attracted a whole new way of his life, and I know if he's listening, he knows I'm talking about him. Um, but if people like that who can do a 180 and bring their life from something that's enjoyable to something that is in complete harmony with where they want to be, all they have to do is literally dedicate that mindset toward it, and it comes to them. And I've seen it time and time again, and he was a perfect example of just making a decision figuring out what it was that he wants and just focusing on it and literally things lined up the right people, the right circumstances at the right times. And this guy is getting an entirely new opportunity in life at a time where I think he needs it most. And it's amazing to see those kind of things happen. All right, number three, the law of action. This one's sometimes called the law of inspired action as well. This one states that you must help the other laws by taking action. When you're guided by your mind and you're becoming aware of the feelings you feel, that gut feeling that you can't explain, that is what's usually going to guide you to the right place at the right time. Just like I mentioned, you could have an idea of where you want to go, but you do have to take some sort of an action. This particular person that I know, they they wanted a change. They needed a change. Um, totally welcome to it, but had to literally open up that door and just say, okay, not only am I saying I'm ready for it, I'm opening the door and I'm literally putting my foot down and saying, enough's enough. I'm ready for that change. Here I am. Let's make it. And then the inspired action that was taken has led to a completely new road. Like I said, this stuff happens time and time again. When those feelings are good, when you are totally excited about something, when you're enthusiastic about it, that's likely the right path. But if the path doesn't feel right, if you procrastinate, if you hesitate, if it's something that doesn't feel good, if it gives you anxiety, 
And I'm not just talking like a little bit of a stage fright because sometimes those things are areas you need to grow. I'm talking deep to your core, like someone who's getting ready to walk down the aisle and they're like, do I really love this person? Is this the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? What am I doing? And someone has to convince them that this is the right thing. That may be a sign when it comes to anything that's like that. That may be your sign that, you know what, I need to listen to that gut. And I've spent so many years where I've had to now silence the secondary thoughts and try to go back to the original one because that's the gut feeling. The first one that comes up, that's the gut feeling. So when you have that and you take inspired action and it makes you excited, that's what this is about. When you're a genuine match to something that feels great and your actions match, it's likely going to come out in one of the greatest divine ways. But if your actions were not fully inspired, then really this law is stating that you need to follow that good inspired action and it may not be something. You need to trust your inner guidance to lead you to that success. Otherwise, this may not be the right path. Number four, the law of correspondence. And this one's a repeat of the seven hermetic principles as well. As above, so below. As within, so without. What you view on the outside is what you will feel on the inside. We've all been trained to believe that all the things that happen on the outside are just that. They're on the outside of us. That is all we've been taught our entire lives. But in reality, the things that show up in our lives are often a reflection of what we feel internally. Not everything that's not... Always to say that if bad things happen in your life, it's a reflection of how you feel inside. Sometimes tragic things can happen. But for the most part, some of the things that do show up, the people, the places, the experiences, the jobs, whatever it is, those things will show up based on what we're feeling internally. Once we get to the core of who we are and we change our perceptions and focus on certain things and we leave behind the restrictions of our old belief systems, that BS, that will correspond to what we're feeling inside. We leave those outside things behind and we'll be able to leave them behind on the inside as well. And we don't focus on those things on the outside. And we focus on the things that we do want and we resonate with those things. We'll, we'll feel them on the inside and we'll start to see them on the outside. As above, so below. As a below, so above. That law of correspondence is immutable. And it all starts with the power that you have to change your perceptions, especially when it comes to changing your life. If there are things out there that make you feel bad, they make you lower your vibration, like the mainstream news. Um, that's been a huge one for me lately. Um, maybe sometimes family does it, your job, whatever it is. You need to try to tune it out to the best of your ability or you are going to just literally let yourself marinate in it. You're going to resonate with it and it's going to continue to show up in your life. So govern what your perceptions are on and focus on the things that you want to have in your life. It's the law of cause and effect. Every effect... Every cause has an effect and every effect has its cause. This too is a repeat of one of the hermetic laws. And most of us are familiar with this one. It's a, it's a concept in physics. And we've known this one for quite some time. Most of us have known this since we were, we were kids. But let's apply this in more of a spiritual and metaphysical angle. What you think and feel is what's going to come back in your life, like I explained in the last law. And for this example, we have to start looking at what we are putting out there as well. We are getting back what we put out there most of the time. The law of cause and effect is going into work in this sense all the time. Just like when you, you hit an egg against a hard surface and you crack it. That's the cause. The, the, the 
cause of the crack, or the, the, the cause of knocking that thing against the table resulted in the effect of the crack. Or if you put your hand on a hot stove and get burned, there is no difference between the cause and effect of those things and the cause and effect of the experience of the things that you put your attention on and you put your energy into and therefore get out of your life. You are in charge of that process at all times though and you will attract what you actually feel inside. And this can be really, really hard. Trust me, I know. When, when I was at a point where I was between jobs and the business I was trying to start was just hitting so many roadblocks, time was running out, money was running out, I had no backup plan, and I really remember those days. And there was no amount of podcasts, there was no amount of advice, there was no amount of meditating that was going to get my observations of what was going on around me out of my awareness. So trust me, I know that if you're deeply rooted in this stuff, if you're just immersed in some of the hardest to deal with stuff, it's very hard to turn your attention away from that stuff and to the shiny car you want, the huge bank account with a lot of zeros in it, um, the, the relationship that just makes you fly high. Trust me, I know. Um, but really, focusing on those things and worrying about it I can also see from this this higher perspective, Monday morning quarterbacking myself, that that did nothing but bring more worry, more angst, more sleepless nights. So we really have to be careful. We have to govern all of those things. But when we when we do things and blame and we feel lack and we complain about things and our overall negative responses to our life, we're putting out that negative vibration out there because that's what we are. That's what we embody. So that's what we focus on and observe. And in turn, the effect of the negativity has its cause. Most important thing is, is when you pause to find it, you can put a stop to it. All right, number six, the law of compensation. And I like to think this one as almost like a law of karma. This is the reaction of the universe when you sort of think about the last one, cause and effect. It relates to what gets brought back to you when you put good things out there into the world. You cannot do things with the thoughts of getting it back though, that's another important part. You can't sit there and put a donation in the red bucket outside of the store and do it with the expectation that you're going to get something back. You can't just put it in the bucket, turn around and stand there with your hand out and think someone's going to drop a $100 bill back in your hand. It's not really the way that it works. You have to do things without the expectation that you're going to get it back. It is what you get back after you do something that is high vibe or for the sake of just benefiting someone else. It's the, the feeling that you get, that vibration you get after it's all said and done. After you do something and you just do it because it felt good. That feeling that you feel like, I just helped that person or I just did something that's really good for someone else. That feeling you feel, the feeling is exactly what I'm talking about. Thoughts are one thing, but feelings are another. Feelings resonate from your heart. Thoughts resonate from your head. And your electromagnetic field of your heart is so many more times powerful than what goes on inside of your brain. When the feelings come from that higher energy center of your heart, their heart-based feelings, that's what's going to get out there into the universe much more than what the feelings, or sorry, what the thoughts are that come from your mind. So feel those feelings. Let the feelings of the good thing that you've done, the generosity, the good deed, whatever it is, let that resonate with you. And that's what's eventually going to come back and build momentum into your life. Number seven, and this is the big one. 
Law of Attraction. This is the one that gets the most attention out of all of them. When you, when you search on how to live a better life, when you buy certain books, when you listen to gurus, presentations, people selling seminars, they're going to constantly refer to the Law of Attraction, LOA, over and over and over again. And the basic premise of this law is that energies will attract like energies in the universe. So and if you think about this, we've already talked about that several times, that you know the, the karma that we just talked about, the law of, of compensation, that could also apply to the, the law of attraction, that like energies attract like. Now we've all also heard of the opposite concept that opposites attract. And while that does happen in some instances of nature, um, like say magnetism, you know, the negative of a pole of a magnet will attract the positive of a pole of a magnet. Um, and this also applies to some of the smallest things at quantum scales. But when you get down to the really small, finer parts of the quantum world, those energies that, that makes up everything of the world around you, you really have to comprehend that those small quantum scales that affect matter at the smallest possible minute particles, the smallest possible parts of matter. Down at that scale of energies, like attracts like. All matter are energies that attract the same energies, just like words, words and emotions and feelings. Everything is energy. Everything has energy behind it. And energy attracts similar energy. So if you think a person is hostile and mean and unpleasant, you'll often continue to get that from them. But if we approach life from a standpoint of positivity and inspiration and seek the things that help us attract our goals, that is what we will continue to build momentum on. And that's not saying that you will not hit those roadblocks. You know, It just means that when you do, you're going to refocus, redirect, and you're going to move in the direction of the places that put you in correlation with the goals that you want and the results that you want to attract in your life. And that's where you end up going. Where your attention goes, energy flows. And this law is paramount to understanding that catchphrase. That's why it's so important to govern your thoughts and govern your emotions and feelings all at all times. I know that I'm preaching to the choir here on this one because I've been a very negative and emotional person my entire life. So I'm, like I said before, I'm doing 30 plus years of conditioning and it's really not easy. But I continue to catch myself more and more often. Um, I read more and more books. I'm listening to more and more things. And I'm catching myself closer to the moment instead of Monday morning quarterbacking myself Farther away from something, I'm getting closer and closer to realizing the things I could have done to improve a situation. And in some instances, I'm actually catching it while it's happening and actively working on it. And it's coming much quicker and much more effectively. And therefore, I can see the results manifesting in my life. And it's an amazing thing when you when you work on it. But it does take time, just like all good skills do. Number eight is the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. We all have the ability to change our life and our conditions. And all energy is constantly in motion. All energy will eventually manifest. Higher energy will always overtake lower energy frequencies. So this is why positive energy and thoughts are so important. And why this stuff works so quickly with consistent action. Things will, like I said, the rate of attrition just goes faster and faster and faster. You'd be surprised at the momentum that builds. And that's why momentum is so important because it just keeps doubling and doubling. But think about how fast the energy of light overtakes dark. It's instantaneous. When you turn on a light, there's not this like slow stream of darkness that 
is like a cloud that filters out of the room. The dark goes away immediately. One little light can eliminate an entire room of darkness. And the same goes for negative transmutation of energy. The little things, the small things that happen in your life, they all matter. That effort that we put into bringing something positive into our lives or someone else's life all makes a huge difference. And when you change the energy of a situation, you transmute it, you transform it. That has an immediate effect. Whether you immediately see it or not, you have to know by this law that those little things that you do are starting to build a momentum. They have an immediate effect. This is exactly why we need to be grateful for all that we have at all times. And that is why gratitude for the little things is so important. And if we're not careful, we really can cancel out the positive stuff by pretending to be grateful about something and really doing it in a way where we're deluding ourselves into a lie. We're lying ourselves out of a state of lack. You really can't say one thing and feel the other. Like I said, one was coming from your head, it's coming from your thoughts, and the other one's coming from your feelings. If the feelings inside are ones of genuine lack, but you're saying and thinking positive gratitude affirmations, you're, you're saying things that you're trying to you know do mantras and all that kind of stuff, but you're not really feeling it and resonating with it, that's the roadblock. That's the secret of the secret that often people don't learn and they don't apply it. But on the flip side, you can change that just as instantaneously as the light coming on in a dark room. You can switch all of the stuff that's negative, not focus on it, and resonate with something that's deep inside of you that's more positive. It's like flipping on the light switch of your life. That leads us to number nine, the law of relativity. This law says that everything is relative to the observer. Nothing is inherently hot or cold. Nothing is inherently good or evil. These are all matters of perspectives of observation that are relative to an observer. It's the label of that observation that we often assign to that thing that gives it its perspective to us. That is why it's so important that even when we go through the challenging times in our lives, that we ensure that we are conscious of the assignment that we give those things. If people are asking us in some of our worst times, how are you doing? You say, I'm horrible. I've never been worse. I've, I've just, things are going absolutely terrible. You're reaffirming those things. But even in your hardest of times, you try to just say, you know, I've had worse times, I've had better times. That's, that's a middle ground. That's not the lie, but you're also not reaffirming the negative. Or if you just say, even in those hardest times, I'm doing the best that I can with what's going on right now in the world. That's the absolute truth. And you're putting a very positive spin on it, no matter what way you formulate that. If you can formulate the things in a positive way, that's the energy that you're putting into it. But really, things could have been worse at some of my worst moments. I could have think of a million different ways things could have gone worse. So this law really refers to that standpoint, that relative observation. This law really tells us to be very careful about the definition that we give things and not to immediately label them as good or bad. We can observe them and think of them as misaligned and, of course, make informed judgments about those things. But overall, we need to be aware of our subjective reality and try to view things as both subjective and objective. And if you're not familiar with those terms, so subjective is what a subject feels about something and the objective is without an opinion. But this law says that every person will go through challenges. 
But those situations can be strengthening for our soul and are part of the experience of the reason why we came here. Which brings us to number 10, the law of polarity. And again, this is another one familiar with the hermetic laws. This is also called the law of opposites. Everything in the entire universe has an opposite. Everything has a pole. And we can always focus on the opposite pole of what it is that we want to experience. And when we elevate to observe both of the poles, we take a higher view and view both polarities of any given event, an energy, a situation, no matter what it is. We can view the entire thing for the whole and see it for what it is and get a better overview of it all. But if we get too polarized, we can get stuck in a certain situation. So therefore, our goal should be in everything to take the highest overview of everything that we possibly can. Because think about how polarized people get with religion. Think about how polarized people get with politics. And I'll just use both of those, not saying that I have a higher view than any of you um, or anybody else for that matter. But when I look at politics from an independent standpoint, I don't get polarized on the, the donkeys and the elephant side, the red and the blue. I can look at what I really morally feel is right from an independent standpoint, and every situation is different. I don't have to just align with one side because that's what that side feels. And I have the same thing with religion. Um, the practice of omnism is really looking at every single religion and looking at its positive aspects and appreciating, studying, and adopting those aspects into your life and maybe leaving parts out that you don't quite agree with. But it doesn't make you actually title yourself as a Christian, as uh, as Jewish. Um, it lets you sort of have an a la carte choice and it lets you see all of these religions from a higher perspective and therefore an overview of them all so you can appreciate where they're all coming from. And that leads us to number 11, the law of perpetual motion or also the law of rhythm. So everything in the universe is always in motion. Nothing stays the same. Change is the only constant. So we need to be aware of that fact and expect it and respect it, that the swing to the left is equal to the swing to the right. But there will always be that motion in our reality. There's a time for growth and there's a time for transformation. And when we navigate the times that we are in and we know that there is a rhythm to it all and we can expe expect and trust that rhythm, that there's always something that's going to be coming for our highest good and even some of our darkest times. We'll move through those challenges a lot easier and those changes that do come, we'll be able to accept them better. We have to let go of the resistance of all those things and move through it all. And one of the most important parts of that is to remember that what you resist persists. If you're resisting it, your focus is on it and therefore what happens, it keeps on coming back to your life. So when we move through those rhythms, we expect them like the waves in the ocean. We can move through them much easier and much faster. And then finally, number 12, the law of gender. This is where the masculine and feminine energies come into it, the yin and the yang. The feminine energy, it gives birth to everything. It's sort of like the creative force of the universe. And again, we need to realize that in all of us, we have the two halves to that wholeness that makes us. We need to have a good balance of both the masculine and feminine energies and not to get too polarized into either side and allow both of those types of energy that arise in our life to allow the rhythm of those energies to better master ourselves. Um, once we incorporate all of those and we gain more of a balance, we don't swing too far from one side to the other. 
And sometimes we will go in a rhythm that does swing from one side to the other. But as long as we try to keep a balance of those energies, it will lead to some of the best things that we can have in our life because it gets us in balance. And really, that's it. it Breeze through a lot of those. Like I said, we covered some of them in the Hermetic Laws, but some of them were not part of it. And I dove into those a little bit deeper. Um, but some of the other ones that get thrown into this sometimes, I've seen the uh, Law of Giving and Receiving which I also see that that could be another way to interpret that law of, of um, compensation. But generally, these are the ones that come up in the, the 12, um, 12 universal principles. And you'll notice that they are very similar in scope to a lot of other concepts. And the one thing I did notice in looking at all this is that the hermetic principles were really based more on science, while the, the 12 universal laws were more based in a spiritual essence of elevating your life. And the Pono is all about these concepts that these laws will help you get into an elevated point in your life. Which right now, I think we could all use all the help we can get to get elevated in our lives at this time in the world. Like I said before, if you know how the laws work, you can work with them. If you know the game, you can be a master at how the game is played. The laws are there and they're working for you whether you know how to use them or not. So it's better to get on board, work with the laws, and elevate your experience with all of this knowledge. So I hope you've enjoyed discovering these 12 universal laws with us or rediscovering them if you've heard them before. I'm going to leave you on a track from our newest artist that we've had on the podcast, Eula. That's Y-U-L-A. And this song is called Discover. If you want to show this artist some love and support, I put the links to his iTunes YouTube and TikTok in the show notes, so go check them out. Until next time, keep working with those universal laws. Govern those thoughts and feelings is probably the most important part of it. The most important part, actually. Keep living. See you next time.